Hello, 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 everyone. We are back for another Sports Ethos Dallas Mavericks podcast. I'm your host, Lawrence Brooks. And it's been a it's been a, a, a little bit of a while since we've been back, but I'm glad to be back with you guys. Also here with my co-host, Corbin Ford, who is also the host of Round Round Ball Ramble. Corbin, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Happy to be here, as you know. Um, just pumped to be around, man. Nice. Um a lot of stuff that's been going on. Obviously, we're at the trade deadline, and so that's been that's been the main chatter around the NBA circles as it pertains to basketball. I, I feel like no one's really watching games. Everyone's really just watching Woj and Shams <laughs> and sitting by their phones anxiously waiting. But nonetheless, we've had games, especially since the last time we've talked to you guys. So we'll get into the trade deadline. We'll talk about whether or not they should keep Porzingis. We'll talk about the Mavs they put, what is their ceiling, and just overall the state of the Mavs, as I said, because this is a State of the Mavericks podcast, and we are here to give you insight on from every angle. But first, before we get into that, listeners, please take a moment to follow Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's, it's faster than the competition, provides more analysis, too. Again, that's Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Please follow now. With that being said, let's get into it, Corbin. So yes, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start it right away. I just have a question, and I've been thinking about this, especially with the trade deadline being here. You got Porzingis, who you know he exited the Pacers game after 11 minutes. That was on January 29th, so he's missed the last five games. So obviously he's a little bit of what they would call damaged goods, especially at the trade deadline. No one's excited about trading for injured guys. But my question to you is, should the Mavericks move on from Kristaps Porzingis? Dude, I've been going back and forth on that since we started first, like kind of figuring out what we were going to talk about here. And I am, I mean, look, his average salary is 31 mil, right? Like this dude is getting paid a lot of money. And here's the thing. You take to, into account the fact that he is injured, right? And that's not great. Take into account his injury history up to now, which isn't great. Where does he fit? Like, he's been struggling to have, like, a, 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 a B role, like a, a, a Robin to Lucas Batman in Dallas. It's been better this year, absolutely. But he's had a problem with that, right? You take mm -hmm. that, you're looking at two more years, um, being unrestricted free agent in 2024. He's a player option. Um, in that 2023-2024 season worth 36 mil, I think he's taking that. Like, you have to evaluate where you are as a team. Do you look at him as a building block at 26 already? I mean, he's not old, but given where he's at, given the mileage he's already had and the injuries he's had, do you look at him as a potential building block? If you do, are you looking at him as a guy to build around? Are you looking at him to play off of a guy? And then, like, off of a dynamic guard, you know, off of a ball handling forward, off of a guy very much probably like Luka Doncic. And once you ask yourself all those questions, then you're looking at, okay, what team requires the services of a Luka Doncic, I mean, of a, of a Christoph Porzingis? Every team would like a Luka Doncic. But what team desires a Christoph Porzingis? And that, honestly, is where I've been finding the biggest hurdle because I don't know a team right now that, I mean, I guess if you look at one of the Brooklyn teams, I guess they like it, you know, um, and just to have uh, someone available, you know. Um, aside mm -hmm. from that, where else do you see, like, a great fit? Maybe Charlotte? That'd be intriguing. Just to be the five out on that roster, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, Lord knows what Sacramento's doing. 
You know, Indiana's making moves to Utah. Um, Washington, maybe, if they try to blow up them some things. Maybe he fits there, you know. Um, as maybe not as a Monte Sabonis for Bradley Beal, who's out for the season, but maybe someone that can, you know, space the floor out even more and potentially be more of a, of a guy that can be dominant in his role. Um, after that, I don't know a whole lot of the teams that are willing to do it. I mean, the Magic can take the salary on, but do you think he fits there? Um, especially when you have Mo Bamba that you have to make a decision on the end of the year and Wendell Carter Jr., who you already signed to an extension. It's a lot, man. So, in short, I think if the right offer comes, and Dallas absolutely has to take a look at it for sure. Um, my only question is whether that's there, and I'm not going to lie, man. I'm kind of doubtful. Yeah, it, it's a tough situation because, on one hand, I think the the value that they see in Porzingis might be a little higher than what he would be on the open market. And for me, when I think about what he's been through, if I can move on from him, I think I would probably try to do so. But it has to be for the right price because I'm not just letting them go for anything. So with that being said, let me give you I'm going to throw a couple of offers at you. You tell me what a, whether you would take them or not. I'm down. Let's say let's say Washington calls. Right. right. Washington says they offer you Spencer Dinwiddie and Kyle Kuzma for Porzingis. Do you take it? Hmm. Honestly, I, I would. I'll tell you why. Spencer Dinwiddie, the perfect guy who can assume some ball handling responsibility, um, take some lo- some usage off of Luca, and he's an insurance policy in case you don't bring back Jalen Brunson. You know, whereas Kyle Kuzma is the perfect guy to finish plays. You know, give him the shots, he'll take them. Probably knock them down a higher clip than, let's say, a Maxi Kleber or even a Dorian Finney-Smith. You know, take over that high gunner situation, which is a role that Kyle Kuzma's kind of been built for. Still young. Uh, can be a great wingman there. He also has some size. He's become a much better defender, some rebounding as well. I think that's a great fit. Um, I'm not the highest on Spencer Dimmer just because of his bad year that he's had. He's been abnormally bad, especially, you know, shooting from three. But you're looking at another guy who, again, you know, play off ball reasonably enough. I think he's done enough of that in Washington already. Um, won't threaten Luka for, like, the main handling roles, but at the same time is a taller point guard and someone who can make more of an influence there uh, again, you know, relieving some pressure off of Doncic. That's a, a very good trade. It's just straight up. Yeah, you know, and uh, and obviously neither one of these guys are stars. They're just kind of, I guess, high-end role players, although one can, I mean, the Wizards might feel differently about Spencer Dinwiddie based on the reports that have come out of Washington recently and talking about how he's he's a shell of himself and they kind of want to get him out of there. Um, who knows how much of that is true versus how much is just sour grapes. Um, he, uh, he he seems like a guy who's definitely deferring a lot right now. And I don't know if that's subliminally him pouting or if or if he's really just lost a step. But obviously, this isn't a Wizards podcast. This is just me commenting on what I've seen. If, in fact, they were to take him. Um, another another um, scenario I want to throw at you. Now, this one might be a slam dunk no brainer, but I want to okay. pitch it to you anyway to see if you would take it. Let's see. Let's say that Bogdanovich and. Oneka are offered to you from the Hawks for Porzingis and Brunson. Do you take it? So give me one more time. Oneka and who? And Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. Hmm. Oneka and Bogdanovich. I still think you do, man. I still think you do. You get another another young big, you know, um, coming in a Kungu. I think it's an intriguing town to both sides of the ball that gets to be unlocked. And then if you bring in Bogdanovich, you bring in another shot creator, another guy who, again, 
you know, can assume some on-ball usage off of Luka Doncic, but then excel in a way that Spencer Dinwiddie can't as an off-ball scorer and, and a very good shooter as well. Um, giving Jalen Brunson might be tough in the short term for Dallas, but look at it in the long term. You know, if you're not trying to bring him back or spend the money that you're going to need to, to keep him long term, then absolutely you do that. And you take a Kongu, who you will have under team control for a number of years, and then Bogdanovich, who will still be um, under contract for a few years, and I think is in a role that as he ages will not depreciate demonstrably. So, yeah, again, I, I got nothing to say this, man. This is a solid trade as well. <laughs> yeah, and so and so again, to me, I think those are the type of deals that they would be realistically looking at. I don't think they're going to get a star back for Porzingis at this point. I mean, they could, but I think he's just, with the durability issues and the lack of production that might be attributed to the durability issues, I think his value has dwindled a bit on the open market, so to speak. And so I think those are the type of deals they would have to come to an agreement on as opposed to like getting a bona fide, you know, sidekick for Luca. I think it would just be a couple of high end role players, mm-hmm. that, um, either either guys who are already high end role players or guys who again, like a Neko Kangu, who has some upside to him and is still relatively young and can develop into being a bigger piece uh, down the line. So, I, you know, I, I think they're stuck in a really tough predicament because then again, also um, moving forward and kind of away from Porzingis, you have Jalen Brunson and Dorian Finney-Smith who are both on expiring contracts. They'll be unre- unrestricted free agents after the season. Um, if you're the Mavericks, do you look to get – I mean – what's work it's working right now and for all intents and purposes they could resign in the offseason but you are still mm-hmm. at risk of losing them if in fact you don't make a trade at the deadline um do you stay pat or do you actively try to move both of those guys and and considering both are having um well obviously Jalen Brunson's having a uh career year and not I mean obviously it's coming with the idea in fact that he's going to be up for a payday so it would behoove him to have his best year right before it's time to get paid much like every player <laughs> um but then you got dorian finney smith who's been in a little bit of a shooting slump but is, is clearly one of their better rebounders clearly one of their best defenders and his shooting has gotten better year after year last year was a career year this year he's just now coming out of a bit of a slump um what's your thoughts there do you try to move those guys or do you stick with them and, and try to make a run with what you have I feel you got to be kind of selective with that. The right offer comes across. Uh, I look at that Philadelphia, I mean, not Philadelphia, Washington um, offer that you kind of propose. Let's say it's for those other two guys instead. I do think you go for it because you have to look at team control and do they fill a need, you know, and they do it in different ways. I think if you're looking for someone, again, to, you know, uh, relieve some of the pressure of Luke on the offensive end, looking for another rebounder, defender in that way, shot creator, you know, there's a few aspects that if you can get a couple of them knocked off one player, great. But if you can make a move like that and, it, and, it, and it's there for the taking, you absolutely go for it. Um, however, I don't think you move them just to move them. You know, you can make the decision. Let's say, hey, the West is relatively wide open if you are not Phoenix or or um, Golden State. So maybe you can make a run. You know, you look at Dallas, you think, hey, we're right there. You know, three-point shooting comes back around. Look at how our defense has been fine. And then if you decide to keep both Brunson and Finney Smith around, let's say you have a great you know, you have a great postseason or a relatively successful one. In the offseason, you can try to see if you want to renew this partnership. If not, hey, thank you for several wonderful years of peace in Dallas. You know, and yes, you let them go for nothing, but, like, you sacrifice that to, you know, keep short-term 
I would say Luka Doncic happy by at least making a deep playoff run, emboldening him, encouraging him that hey, there's more to this life in Dallas than the first round, you know. So I'm 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 kind of on the fence on that because again, if if you can get a good deal that fills some needs and keeps some guys on the contract that you're in the same position, having to overpay or, or pay more um, come the offseason, do it. But if not, don't feel the need to make a move just because. Like I'm sorry, like. Again, outside those first two teams, the West is all but decided. I think Dallas is definitely in it uh, as well. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think that you know, moving those guys, you just ha- you would just have to get an offer that would basically knock your socks off and, and mm-hmm. make pull the trigger. Otherwise, you're kind of stuck. I don't want to use the word stuck because it kind of gives it a negative connotation. I think you're you stay pat because of the success that they've been having. Um, the way they've been able to turn it around, so to speak, this year, you just really, really, they just need another, as we've mentioned before, another guy on the floor that can be a creator and or another big that can be active under the glass and, and be a rim protector. But if that mm-hmm. doesn't happen, then then they're just going to make a run with what they have, which leads me to my question of, you know, what's this team's ceiling if, in fact, they stay pat, which, in fact, they should. But before we get into that, um i'd also like to let you guys know we have a brand new daily fantasy partner at sports ethos thrive fantasy prop up with the thrive fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com use code ethos when you sign up to get a 100 percent deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks plus either two or four free game tickets to play pick player props on the biggest names playing every night score points when your props hit and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money and check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. Um, okay, Corbin. So with that being said, so we clearly are making the case that the Mavericks are probably going to stay put for all the reasons that we detail. So with that being said, Mavericks stay put. The trade deadline is over. They're They're sticking with the team that they have, which has been, you know, a very good team up up to this point. I wouldn't. I don't want to say very good, but they've been better than expected mm-hmm. as of late. Oh, yeah. um, and considering the fact that you know they've won their last three games, um, and they've been one of the best defensive teams in the league, and that has shown the last three games at home as well. They haven't allowed a team to score a hundred points in their last three games. Um, what is this team ceiling moving forward with the team that they have? Honestly, I think this is the year that they advance, you know, the second round, I see that ceiling right now. Um, again, if they're in the right bracket and able to avoid, um, you know, hopefully you have um, <laughs> Phoenix and um, <laughs> Golden State run into each other. I, I mean, that's not going to happen, obviously. But, like, I, I can see a, a tough second round finish. At the end of the day, you look at where Dallas is. Look at the NBA Western Conference standings, right? Look at how Dallas stacks up. And you kind of go team by team. I think that the Suns, not another level right now. You know, look at the Warriors. I think the same thing. The Grizzlies, statistically-wise, like just record-wise, they're better. I think you can get a nice matchup with them. I think there's some interesting cross-matches and and some ways that Dallas could definitely get an advantage. The Jazz, I don't know. Before the recent slurry of moves and the recent flurry, rather, of moves and the injury to uh, Joe Ingles, I thought, hey, you get Donovan Mitchell, you get Rudy Gobert, they're maybe a little better than Dallas right now. Maybe not so sure. Same thing with the Nuggets. You know, they're in that same kind of mix. And then I think the Mavericks are better than the Wolves, better than the Clippers, as the Lakers fans to say, but better than the Lakers, you know, um, better than Pell. So, really, if you're looking at where Dallas is, they're right in that sweet spot between three and six, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's about safe because they're mm-hmm. not demonstrably better than the Grizzlies or Nuggets or Jazz. 
Um, but neither of the teams that much better than them. And only one I'd say that is arguably, you know, very much so is the Jazz. The Grizzlies are really, really good this year. But I could see Dallas in a seven-game series, you know, making it tough and having some nice um, – uh, it's let's just say it's not the 2021 Los Angeles Clippers they be playing. So, with that being said, I, I think that's their ceiling right now. I don't know if there's a move that will elevate them to that upper echelon to that Suns Warriors. I just don't see it right now. Uh, maybe if they get Jeremy Grant, but even then, you have to kind of kind of <laughs> think about how that fit would work, and that's assuming that it just goes swimmingly, you know. So, I think they're about capped out there. I definitely see them going past the first round. I think we're looking at more of the second, you know, uh, conference finals. Listen, I hate to bring I hate to bring up bad news, but injuries are a part of the NBA. We've seen how quickly teams have gone from title contenders to out in the second round just like that due to unfortunate injuries or whatever that whatever else may happen in the next couple of months. So they, it's possible. It's possible that Dallas can go further than that. But I, I think we're looking more at the second round, man. Yeah, I'm about there with you. I think that um, the one good thing that that makes them so intriguing is, I mean, you have Luca, who, you know, since like January 19th, when he went for like 41, 14 and seven, he's only had two games under 25 points. That's like 10 out of the last 12 games he's been cooking. And oh, so man. you you think about you pair that with the fact that, OK, if Porzingis gets healthy, which we've you know, if we had a penny for every time we said that. Right. We'd be rich, man. We'd need a car. <laughs> yeah, we could be uh we'd probably be on Zillow right now. But <laughs> but um but I think they could give anybody trouble, especially with the way they way they're defending. I think that makes them a very, very tough out. And you know, you get you get Porzingis back and let's say he's averaging 19 and 11 in a playoff series because at that point it slows down and that benefits him. And the games aren't as frequent, so that also benefits him. I think they can. I think they can make some noise. Style makes, uh, you know, style makes fights. It sure does. Yeah, getting past a Phoenix or getting past a Golden State is a tall task because again, I just don't think they could score enough. But one guy I forgot to mention in this whole trade deadline um, frenzy. Let's. I know that the name Goran Dragic has been swirled around the Mavericks, and just in case you know he gets bought out from the mm-hmm. Raptors. Uh, I know they're saying that they've been offered some good deals for him. I'm sure that some of that is a, uh, some of that is just PR, and some of that is probably true at the same time. But let's say mm-hmm. they let's say he's bought out and he ends up with the Mavericks. Does that at any all at any point make them more dangerous, less dangerous, about the same? How do you feel about them adding him to that mix? Does does that make them tougher? I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm not too high on the addition of Goran Dragic. Uh, just what have we seen so far? What we saw last year, he was something. He's only played five games this year. You know, uh, eight points, two rebounds, one assist, 38% from the field, 28% from three, 36 years old. Well, 35, but going to be 36, uh, well, by the, by this year for sure. Like, he's had a great run. It's been a great career for him. I'm not saying it's over, but how much left in the tank does he have? There was signs of slippage last year, you know, um, with the Miami Heat. His effective field goal percentage, three-point percentage, all that was down. Um, his 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 free throw attempts dropped. Mind you, he's not been like a really huge uh, free throw guy, but we're talking about two a game, you know, two and a half a game. So mm-hmm. what are we getting from Goran Dragic? I think that's that's the bigger question. If if we're getting a Goran Dragic that 
is revived. You know, he's had time to get his body right. You know, he's had injuries the last couple of years that have maybe caused him to break down a little bit. If he's rejuvenated in a situation we've wanted to be for the last two years, you know, if we're looking at it that way and he comes in, he's refreshed. I don't know. I think it's it's the help that Luca needs. But it, it, the reason I can't even reject that man is I just don't see it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't see us getting the dragon of even the 2020 playoffs for Miami. You know, like, let's face it, like, the Dragic just kind of lost the fastball a little bit. If he can be a great floor spacer, you know, make the right read, I think it's all you can ask for. It makes him tougher for sure. I'm not saying you bring in Dragic that does nothing for the Mavericks, but I don't think he's the game-changing piece that's going to, like, influence them more than maybe a couple wins. That's certainly not a playoff series in my estimation. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, obviously it, gets him, it gives him another ball handler, but I don't know how much how much pop he gives you in the lineup at this point. Yeah, um, a lot of lot of mileage on on those tires, so to speak, and yes, sir. Um, and I, I don't really see where he makes them better or anyone for that matter. I just think you know he's an older guy with mileage and has had some durability issues himself the last few years, which has probably um, sped up his aging process on the court for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I, I'm I'm kind of in agreement with you on that. Um, so. For me, so the Mavericks as they go into the into this All Star break, um, want to get your get your thoughts on what they should be focusing on court on court wise, because um, if they keep this roster, then obviously now you're building from within, and you just need to figure out how you can best maximize who you have. And for me, I think it's a good sign that they've had a guy like Reggie Bullock who's finally woken up. He's had yep. he scored over twenty points three of his last five games. A, a guy who's is known around the league as a sniper, and he hasn't been that for the Mavericks up until now. Um, mm-hmm. but he can get it going with the best of them, and if he can continue to come out of that shell, that will that would be huge. I also think you know the the ghost of Desmond Bain, man. I think having Josh Green, I think you got to do everything you can to develop this guy and give him more minutes and see what you can get out of. He's he's proven that you can play him, but I think it's just literally experience that he needs on the floor. Uh, and that's something I would like to see a little more of is just continue to add him to the mix. Is there anything in specific you want to see them focus on on court wise as we head into the all star break? Oh, definitely raising the comfort level of some of their guys. You mentioned Reggie Bullock. That was who I was exactly going to say. He's someone that, you know, started off really slow, really picked it up over the last couple of games, definitely over this past month. Keep that going. Get some rest to these guys. I think that's an important thing, too, especially Luke, who's had a big load as usual. Um, aside from that, focus on keeping that defensive identity, but forming some more continuity on the offensive side. Because I think if you can somehow bottle those two together, now you have the making for a sneaky, dangerous team come to playoff time, you know? Uh, but aside from that, just sticking to principles, continue to learn. If you're not going to integrate people, that's fine. If you're not going to have to integrate new people through trade, that is cool. Just make sure that you have everyone on the same page. And we're hoping, of course, that the time does great for uh, Chris Hopper-Zingas. So when you bring them all back, the Mavericks can get back to rolling. Hopefully the jumpers come back and everyone's good. That That's kind of what I'm looking at. It's really just around the margins. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and again, I, I think, you know, if they can take a, I don't know, you know, in terms of their player development, not to say that they're doing a bad job, but I would love to see them just develop some more guys in-house, especially like a Josh. I, I think that that's going to <laughs> haunt them a little bit to see how mm-hmm. well Justin Bain is doing, knowing they had him right in their hip pocket. And they took Josh Green, and then your answer to that is to just like never play him or play him very sparingly. I think it's, I think it's something they should, especially with him being one of the more athletic guys on the team. They need some guys that can just come in and provide energy and just be disruptive with that energy. 
um, in whatever way they see fit. But quickly before we sign off, we want to also remind you all to use coupon hoopball, coupon code hoopball20 at manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also to check out our piles at mybookie.ag, use code hoopball on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. Uh, Corbin, man, it was it, it's always a pleasure. And, yes, you know, with this trade deadline coming up, we don't know if they're going to make any moves. We would like moves just for the entertainment value. But if not, we'll we'll still be covering this this team as is because they I think they have some potential to still be competitive this year. I don't know if they can get to a championship, but, man, I'm sure we'll be along for the ride. So um, it's very much appreciated, man, for having you on. Hey, always, bro. You know, I appreciate you. Love being on here. And you're right. Whether or not they make moves, this team's definitely going to be intriguing. Definitely going to be worth looking at in the future. So we'll be here. Yeah, absolutely. And thank all you guys for listening. Again, please go download, subscribe to our Sports Ethos Mavericks podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Ethos Mavericks. That's E-T-H-O-S-M-A-V-E-R-I-C-K-S. And also follow me, Lawrence, um, at LBSaidit. That's L-B-S-A-I-D-I-T. Corbin, let them know where they can find you as well. Hey, I appreciate that, man. You can find me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. Pretty simple. Definitely make sure to check out Rumble Ramble. I would appreciate that as well. Any uh, feedback on that show will be greatly taken into account. And uh, yeah, that's that's it, my friend. Man, well, thank you. Thank you, listeners. We will be back, obviously, talking about all things Mavericks as we continue to dive into this season and get past the trade deadline. Hopefully they make some uh, moves, but if not, we'll see you guys soon. Peace.